Today, we are talking about hiring. We did a survey recently amongst all the Boost clients and asked, what's the number one pain point you have? And by far and away, the number one pain point was staffing and hiring. So we have been following um, a lot of Robin's, uh, what, what Robin's been up to for a while and finally got a chance to get her on the podcast. So today's guest is Robin Reese. And Robin, tell us a little bit about what you do. Awesome, Maddie. Thanks for the invitation. Great to be here with you. Um, so what do I do? I do a lot. I am a medical marketing background, transitioned into the dental industry, uh, and I fell in love uh, with dentistry back in 1998. Uh, so I uh, privately coach dental practices to be better businesses. Uh, and my love of people, of course, led me to All-Star Dental Academy and becoming their director of hiring. And so that entails lots of HR stuff and also uh, hiring for them and hiring for clinics across the country. Is that right? Correct. Uh, and I should say uh, my HR certification came through Ben Erickson and Associates. I'm also a member of the Society of Human Resource Management. Uh, organization. Uh, so what we do is, yes, just like your um, clients, the pain point is recruitment, right? Um, we work with dental practices across the country to help them in finding their administrative front office team members, as well as their dental assistants and hygienists, their clinical team members. Uh, and, you know, again, Maddie, as we talked before, um, it's really, really hard. It's, it's a tough market. Even before um, last year, um, the job market was very, very difficult to find and recruit qualified candidates. Uh, and we have um, refined our process. And I think we've really narrowed it down to a system that really is able to kind of um, weave through all of the um, extra stuff and really funnel down um, candidates looking for the characteristics and skills and abilities that our practices are looking for. And Maddie, much like you and I talked about, um, it's something that can be applied to any industry, not just dental, um, manufacturing, IT, uh, you name it, hospitality. It's really a, a simple, easy process that I think we've uh, mastered and now we're able to help practices across the country. Yes, and that's what we want to <laughs> ask you about today. Jonah, I apologize, sure. I was staring at my notes. I forgot to say that uh, <laughs> co-founder of Boost Bariatrics, Jonah Selner is also on this podcast. Hey everybody. Um, Robin, I have, so there's two things you made me think of. Number one, dentist, uh, dentist office around the country come to you and they say, Anything from someone who answers phones at the front all the way up to the only position you guys don't hire for is the actual dentist, right? Correct. Yep. And I, I guess for some offices, they will, come, they will come to you guys for just a one-off random position. And then other clinics, I'm assuming you do all the hiring. Um, yes. So it depends. It could be a solo practitioner just looking for one position. It could be a group practice that needs three or four positions. Um, it could be a practice that is looking to um, supplement their call center. 
So yeah, any anywhere between one to a whole bunch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, I think you know our world is bariatrics, and I think there are dentistry is it's it's a much larger niche, I think, and also there, I think there are some people doing some really interesting things in dentistry, such like you mentioned, call centers, uh, patient conversion, measuring, training, masterminding. So I think we we have some things we can glean and learn from that industry. Absolutely. Your work in HR, tell us, I think there, maybe you'd say there's things that are unique, but are there, are there differences in hiring for healthcare versus other industries? And if so, what are those? Great question. Um, And I think there's a lot of similarities between bariatrics and um, dentistry because we're both looking to create those incredible patient experiences. And those experiences are really driven by the people that are answering our phones, welcoming our patients in, taking the registration, and just making them feel comfortable and reassuring the patient that they're in good hands. So when it comes to recruitment, um, you know, recruitment is separate from HR. So recruitment is going out and into the world and, you know, creating an ad that is really hitting the the points, the answering the questions that a candidate might be asking themselves, hey, does this sound like me? Does this utilize the skills and experience that I have? Could I see myself in this particular role? Mm-hmm. Um, and HR, of course, human resources, then we're talking about employment compliance. And of course, there are rules and regulations um, per state, as well as per industry. And in healthcare, um, there is, you know, certain certifications, licensing that you need to know. Uh, we need to verify, you know, do they have X-ray certification? Are they uh, licensed to um, administer anesthesia? Some states allow that in dentistry. Some states don't. Um, for bariatrics, I'm sure there are other uh, rules and regulations from a medical standpoint that your nurse practitioners or people who are doing the intake, taking blood pressure, that they're trained properly. Right. Um, so, you know, there's, again, lots of similarities and there are specifics uh, for healthcare and of course, you know, any other rules and regulations that will, would apply per state. Got it. And I love that you call it recruiting. You know, we talk about in bariatrics or in any, any business, certainly in medical, the two silent killers of a clinic are number one, patient consults that don't move on to a procedure and number two staff turnover, because those, right. those two things don't show up on any, you know, they're not on a profit and loss statement. Sometimes they're just invisible, but they're very, very expensive. And I would have to imagine a big part of recruiting the right candidate is filtering out the wrong one. Absolutely. And, you know, Maddie, you bring up a good point that just having one vacancy has this incredible ripple effect on a practice. Um, you know, backing up with just one, one step prior to that is making sure that you're training your existing team members to create those amazing experiences, creating those systems that drive the business, but it's the people behind the systems that truly are the magic, the special sauce, right? So, you know, anytime you have a high performing team that, you know, really has that, the flow, the rhythm down then you lose someone, you're kind of going back to ground zero and having to bring somebody on who may or may not be as experienced as the person leaving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more about those two silent killers 
Um, but even if we were to look at, you know, what is being called the great resignation right now, those are the 30 to 45 year olds who are very well experienced. Uh, and then we have on the flip side, the oldest members of Generation Z that are turning 25 years old this year. Um, so they're at their, you know, a little bit different in their career steps. Um, we're, they're flooding the workforce where other people are leaving the workforce. And so you do have this very incredible dynamic going on. And it does create challenges for medical practices, healthcare practices in general, because of lack of training or lack of experience and trying to marry the two to create a more high performing team that will take care of the patients who will then, you know, spread the love out in the world about how amazing your practice is. Yep, absolutely. And staffing and training and recruiting. Um, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say training because we do get into that, but staffing and recruiting are way outside of our wheelhouse. So as a, as a broad question, how is, <laughs> how is it going across the country? How is hiring going right now? Oh, um, it is the Wild West. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's no other way to describe it because it really is. I mean, there's it is all over the map. Map um, as far as what used to, what used to work traditionally before, um, putting out, uh, creating a, a great ad, putting it out, getting you know good responses. Um, you would have multiple candidates to choose from, and nowadays. Um, I might have a phone conversation with a candidate, really qualified, really interested. And by within 24 hours, the doctor saying, yes, let's bring this person into interview. Um, and they've already accepted another job because there's now signing bonuses. There's referral bonuses. People are willing to pay for, um, you know, additional schooling and, and things like that. So it is becoming really, really competitive. The supply and demand. Uh, at least in dentistry, I can tell you a lot of our licensed clinical professionals, extraordinarily difficult to, to hire. But also going back to what I said before, you know, we've got this great resignation, people leaving their, their uh, positions. We've got the younger generation coming in who are really focused on compensation and diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And even for manufacturing, IT, automotive, everybody is hurting. Uh, to find people to do the position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I <laughs> I talked to a one of our longtime clients this morning, and this is a clinic that has done a really good job of keeping really good people, mostly because uh, just great. They have a good culture, fun place to work, you know, flexible. They they I don't know if they're closed on Fridays. Certainly, they close at noon on Fridays. So there's there's some really appealing things for working for more of a, a small shop versus a hospital, right? Absolutely. Uh, sure. But then the, the uh, clinic administrator said they just lost a nurse because she got a 40% raise to go to the hospital. And right. it's as fun as it is to work a 40% raise is that's going to be difficult to compete with. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, okay. So there have to be some things that, things you can do that will drastically improve your chances of, of recruiting great people. Can you, I mean, can you drill down to kind of what those most important things are? Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, Jonah, feel free to chime in too. Um, I think 
what we have found is there is going to be things um, beyond just the compensation, right? Of course, people want to be fair, uh, paid fair reasonably, um, appropriately for their experience, their talent, their skills. But beyond that, Maddie, you mentioned earlier, culture. Culture fit, culture is king. People have to feel like they belong, that they fit in with this particular team, that they are confident and competent in their skills, uh, and also that they feel that they are part of greater something, you know, part of something that is greater than themselves. Um, and when I think of, you know, what could drastically improve, I don't know if I could, I would call it drastically, but I would say understanding first who you are as a practice, how would you describe your culture, who is the person ideally that you're looking for, and when you get really clear about what the job is and the characteristics, then you can create an ad that will speak to somebody that has those core values, is looking that for that type of environment. And of course, you know what benefits, um, what compensation is going to come along with that. I have seen some incredible um, advertisements out there that really, when you read it, you just envision, wow, they really are excellent at storytelling and creating this vision of what their practice is like, what a day in the life is for um, a team member, what the team member can expect from the employer or the leadership team, um, and you know what they want to get from this career move or this, this particular uh, position. And when you combine all of that in an advertisement, that really does reach out and, and attract those candidates that um, are a good fit for that. But it also will attract people that maybe aren't, you know, the ones that have those qualities. So you have to be mindful of what are you going to attract first, creating that ad, also having that job description. So you're setting those expectations and you have a team that is also going to be part of the recruitment process. Because I've also found that when you only have one or two people interviewing, sometimes you can make a hiring mistake. Mm if you have more eyes and more ears involved in the process, um, you have a better chance of making the right hire, especially of multiple candidates. Um, so going back to your original question, Maddie, I would say, you know, making very sure that you're clear about who you are as a practice, the kind of culture you have and the type of candidate you're looking for, use a job description that has those expectations that outlines what the job duties are, what soft skills you're looking for, create that advertisement that really paints that picture for someone who's looking through gobs and gobs of Indeed and Craigslist and Monster and, you know, ZipRecruiter and all of that so that you stand out to that candidate that's looking for your type of position. And then the fourth thing would be, of course, to have a team that can help you hire. Um, my, the doctors that I work with, you know, it's probably their least favorite thing to do um, is, you know, go through the recruitment process. Right. Uh, and so having a team in your practice that is able to assist with finding the right person um, certainly goes a long way. And I think it could make the difference between a, a good hire or a not so good hire. Absolutely. I would, I would imagine a lot of the practices that you work with 
have like are coming to you in kind of a pinch, right? Not all, not all of them have time necessarily <laughs> just to, just to play devil's advocate a bit. Uh, yeah. Not all of them really have time or, or think they have time to, um, you know, do some of these more pie in the sky things around culture and, and just sort of the, the softer parts of what you just described. Um, how, how would you respond to someone who is in a pinch now, needs to hire someone now? I imagine that's a lot of your challenges, kind of educating on why you need to back up and, and start with the foundations. Well, a- absolutely. And I guess my, my question to that doctor who was calling me in a pinch um, is, you know, basically, okay, obviously this isn't working. <laughs> so you have to have different thinking. You know, if you want to change your result, you have to have new thinking um, in how you approach something. So it's one of the things that we do when we work with a client is we have a questionnaire and it's ask those questions. Do you have a vision? Do you have a mission? How would you describe your culture? Uh, and it's getting them to think of things that they haven't thought of before because we want to help them create a, a opportunity um, for not only their team to learn how to recruit better and onboard better, but also to have them think differently of how they want to staff their future practice. Um, so most people, when they're in a hurry, that's when those mistakes happen. And as much as they want to step on the gas and just get a warm body in, in the seat, um, we help them understand pumping the brakes and really being thorough uh, and systematic about how they go about who they want to, to hire for um, really helps them, you know, say, okay, let me take a deep breath. Uh, let me think through this um, to a point where I understand and know this is the person that I think would be ideal for this position. And now let's kind of start with begin with the end in mind, as Dr. Stephen Covey would always say. And then back it up and say, okay, if this is what we're looking for, then what steps do we need to take prior to that? Again, creating the ad, the job description, all of that good stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I was, uh, Robin, after the first time you and I spoke, I was talking to a, one of our clients, the physician, and saying, you know, they, they, uh, they recruit candidates. They take them through an application process. I think there's even behavioral assessment in there. They filter those people through an assessment and then some of those people will get a quick phone interview. And if that's good, they'll go to, to a video interview. And he was, you know, kind of, kind of poking fun at me saying, oh yeah, they're, and they're going to do all that even for uh, uh, entry-level people who are at the front answering the phone. And, I, and I'm saying, of course, most importantly, they're going to do that for the people at the front answering the phone. Oh, absolutely. That is the gatekeeper. That is the the person who is answering your phone is going to make or break whether that caller proceeds to make an appointment or not. So despite what their um, background is, if they have an incredible mindset, a service oriented heart, that's what I like to call it, a servant's heart, um, somebody who enjoys people, you want that person on the phone. <laughs> you don't want the person who might have 20 years experience, but hates answering the phone and is giving off the wrong impression, especially you guys do the marketing, right? Your job is to put the message out there and attract the patients to want to pick up the phone and call. Yep. And when you do that and the wrong person is on the other end of that line answering the phone, 
all of your best efforts, all of your marketing dollars are out the window. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really, um, th that process is definitely the most important for somebody who's going to be the, the front line, the voice, the face of the practice, somebody who is there to welcome that patient who might be thinking about this procedure, um, but hasn't quite made that decision. And whether they call your practice or the practice the next town over, it's going to make or break where they schedule the appointment on how they were treated on the phone. Yeah. As part of the uh, creative part of attracting top talent, um, what have you seen? You mentioned the great resignation earlier. Mm -hmm, what have you right? seen with the big movement towards remote and work from home work? Have you seen that uh, in, much in the dental industry? Uh, hugely. Um, and uh, it really made a lot of practice owners, you know, rethink their business model. Um, they've gotten a lot more efficient, effective, and predictable. And they discovered there were a lot of things that could be done uh, from home or not on premises. Um, I've met numerous practice managers who have moved cross country because of their spouse's relocation or family, you know, reasons. Uh, and they still remain connected with their practice that they had been with um, because of the Zoom and the technology that allows us to still stay connected with people. And so that would never have happened before. You know, you moved across country, you moved out of state, then, you know, our relationship is over, right? Now the technology, it really allows us to stay connected, not only with, with incredible team members, but also with patients. And I'm sure you have, have experienced through the pandemic tele, uh, telemedicine. Um, teledentistry was also a, a new um, form of revenue for some practices, though some states' boards of dentistry did not allow teledentistry. Um, one state that comes to mind was Texas. Uh, they were not able, to, uh, dentists there were not able to do any type of evaluation or assessment over the phone or through a tele secured telemedicine uh, platform uh, because their state board just um, did not approve that. So I think technology has certainly helped um, with some changing of business models. Uh, in our recruitment world, that's absolutely one of the methods that we used very successfully even before the pandemic to help identify quality team um, candidates for team member positions for practices because we weren't in town with them, because I wasn't able to walk into their practice and interview the candidates for them. Um, so technology has definitely been um, a, a great help in practices across the country in response to the pandemic and being able to offer more services. Hmm. Are some of your clinics, I mean, with, with so much telemedicine, are they taking some employees and turning those positions into uh, remote or still pretty much everyone has to be there on site? You know, great question. And I would say it's probably depending on the practice, right? Depending on their location. Um, there's a lot of things that can be done remotely or behind the scenes that you don't necessarily have to be in the practice. And yet at the same time, nothing, and I think you guys would agree, nothing takes the place of that in-person, eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart type meeting 
um, to help a patient understand what their treatment is, to increase that case acceptance um, when you are shoulder to shoulder and knee to knee with them to present that. And you can look them in the eye and you can be there with the energy of, of the practice. Nothing takes the place of that. And there are wonderful ways that you can incorporate the video conferencing platforms out there to still stay connected, introduce yourself, give them a tour. Um, if they're not feeling well, still be able to have a form of revenue um, by addressing patient concerns and letting them know how much you care. Mm-hmm. Are more people moving, you know, if you're, if you are recruiting for a, a dentist office in Sacramento, how often are you finding a candidate that moves to Sacramento versus how often are they, are they found local? Um, I've had very little experience with people moving, you know, across country, um, for a particular position, though I will tell you, I'm finding, interestingly enough, that in Florida, dental practices in Florida, um, we're finding a lot of people are moving to Florida and then reaching out and, you know, asking or, or saying that, you know, hey, I've just relocated from South Carolina. I'm looking for a position in this particular area. Mm-hmm. So we do have a lot of people that are making a move, um, though not specifically for the position. It's usually they've already relocated and now they're looking um, I'm going to say maybe in the last five years, I've had one person that interviewed, uh, for a position, um, they were on the East coast, they were moving to Texas, um, and they found this opportunity in Texas that really precipitated their move. Hmm. Um, so I would say again, out of five years, one, one position, um, and that was a managerial type position. They were thinking about moving. They had made the decision, but when the opportunity showed up and they interviewed and they found it was a really good fit, it was, it was a no brainer. Sure. What, when you work with a practice who comes to you, um, do you find that people want help putting together, uh, kind of shaping up their existing process, improving it, tweaking it, getting your feedback, or are they looking to kind of outsource as much as they can, like have you actually fulfill it um, and do the interviewing yourself until the very end when they would kind of give it the thumbs up? Jonah, that's an interesting question. (laughs) And I would say most of the time they want us to do the work for them. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. Those that, you know, just want that reassurance or, hey, can you just take a look at the ad? Um, I think we have the team or, you know, I have an HR person that can do this or a team leader that can do this, but we just would like another, you know, set of eyes to take a look and, you know, could, could you help us improve it? Um, so I've had a few of those, but a majority of the, the clients that we work with definitely want us to t- kind of take the ball and run with it. And the reason being is that as we have all experienced um, in our lifetime, Recruitment takes a lot of time. It's a time intensive um, activity and we try to streamline it as much as possible. But by working with partnering with practices, we are able to take that burden off of them so that they can devote their time and attention to take care of their patients, to do their normal job activities and not be interrupted with 
screening phone calls, candidates, reviewing resumes, scheduling interviews, and the dreaded person who makes the appointment and then doesn't show, right? So they primarily come to us because number one, they are short staffed. And so they don't have that extra um, time and attention to give to the recruitment process. So they're already stressed with that. Plus it is time intensive. The doctor doesn't know what they're doing. The team manager or team leader may or may not have an HR background that understands what questions you can ask, what questions you can ask. And again, they're also trying to fit that in during their normal job duties uh, in an eight to 10 hour day. So majority of the people that we partner with, it is so that we they hand the ball to us, we, we run with it, and then you know put the qualified candidates in front of them as soon as possible. And I'm sure your next question is going to be, on average, how long does that take, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you know what? It's a really hard question to answer because it, it really runs the gamut. It depends on the position, depends on the job market in that particular area. We had uh, recently one practice in Florida where one candidate applied, one candidate was interviewed, and one candidate was hired all within a matter of days. That is, you know, an anomaly. It's possible. Um, and I would love for that to happen for all my clients, but not necessarily the norm. So on average, um, it could take anywhere from three to nine weeks to, to find a qualified candidate, you know, um, go through the process, screen them, check references, do a background check, do a profile assessment, a personality assessment, and make sure that it is a good hiring decision um, to make the offer, have them accept it, and then get them onboarded. So, you know, again, some sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. I've actually been working with several practices um, for months now, and I say six to nine months now, still with an open position for a licensed dental hygienist. And that is probably our biggest um, gap right now is finding those, those candidates. And that goes hand in hand with what happened with the pandemic when practices had to shut down, schools had to shut down too. And those licensing boards were really put kind of behind the eight ball and the shortage of professionals that were then able to graduate, get their licensing, part of their schooling is an internship or externship, and a majority, and I would say 99% of those internships or externships turned into job offers. Uh, So we didn't have anybody coming into the marketplace. So right now, what we're finding is most uh, candidates are currently employed in practices that either aren't appreciating their team, they feel um, that they've kind of reached their learning potential or advancement potential in the practice, um, maybe aren't being as compensated as they feel is fair. And we're finding team members um, that are applying for positions that are looking just to make a move for uh, personal and professional development reasons. Hmm. Well, I love that you guys, you do a very specific service in a very specific industry. So therefore you have a deep knowledge of all the positions, uh, what the, what the candidate is. And we don't have to get into how you guys charge right now. We can talk about that another time, but you know, you and I talked about it and I think what you would pay to get a candidate professionally and completely recruited and selected 
and onboarded. Uh, I think whatever you would pay for that would actually, you, you, if you can save a couple of uh, people turning over as staff, you would in the long run, save yourself a bunch of headache and money. Absolutely. And, you know, I look at it really, Maddie, as an investment, right? Like anything else that you invest in, you want to return. So it has to be valuable to you. And we are not like a traditional recruitment. We are not a placement agency. We don't have a pool of people to put into your practices. We are truly becoming an extension of all the practices that we work with, which is why it's really important to us to understand who are you and what are we representing and you know what candidate is going to be best in, in your environment. So we, we charge a, a regular straight hourly rate. You're paying for the amount of time that we are investing for your practice to find a candidate for you. There are companies, agencies, people out there that, that will you know, do a percentage of the salary yeah. or a package deal or a you know, one-time fee and you know, it's, it's until they find somebody and hire for you. And that again is not our traditional um, fee structure because we're just not a traditional hiring company. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to partner with the practices we work with to again, you know, become an extension of them, look for somebody to take the burden off of their current existing team that might be short-staffed, and then find somebody that we can help them train, onboard, and really set them up for success for long-term. And we know, research has shown, of course, those companies that have great onboarding programs, they have an 88% retention rate, and typically, those employees um, are 70% more productive, new hires that is, um, because they're shown what to do and that they have support and they have a mentor or or guidance on what to do. And they thrive in that environment. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the research that says, if you have a great onboarding program, most new hires will tend to stay on average three years or longer for those practices that really spend time to recruit, hire, and then train. Hmm. Man, I know we're, we're coming to the end of our time here. Um, you've been really generous with your experience and your uh, just sharing your, your playbook here. So I want to say thank you. (laughs) Well, thanks. Yeah. And uh, Robin, unless you have anything else for us, I will, I'll end the recording and we can say our goodbyes. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You're so welcome. It was such a great conversation.